This is the Remembrancer vessel box Castian to be in dire need of assistance. Our ship has been attacked by unknown assailants who bear Imperial markings and clouds. Coordinates are as follows. 692-138-2174 Dan Dragon Sector, Segmentium Tempestus. We are being attacked by unknown assailants. They bear Imperial markings. Please help us. We are remembrance of the vessel. We are a remembrance of the vessel. The Emperor protects. This message shall repeat. The Emperor protects. This message shall repeat. Welcome to the Galaxy in Flames podcast. Oh, hey there. Welcome to the Galaxy in Flames Horus Heresy podcast. I'm Steve Saunders. And I'm here with uh, Simon Berman. Simon. Hey, Steve. Hey, hey, buddy. How you doing? How's it been? Good, man. Been busy. Been, uh, been playing a lot of games. Although actually, not as much Heresy as I would have liked to. But uh, 10th edition 40k is here, so that kind of ate a lot of my July. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That's right. I got to try 10th ed too. It's like, yeah. Well, we'll have to come back to that. But uh, yeah, yeah I, 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 I'm somewhat embarrassed to be singing on the second episode of our Horus Heresy podcast. I played much more. 40k than 30k this month, but uh, hard to avoid in July of 2023. Yeah, good point. Um, so, uh, what are we? What are we? Uh, why are we here today, Simon? What's uh, what are we doing? Great question, Steve. The listeners uh, are like, it's like, oh shit, we didn't even we didn't even uh, think about that. Like, yeah, we should. Yeah, we really should. Talk about that, huh? Yeah, uh, there's a lot of stuff to talk about with Horus Heresy this month. Um, you know, in the broader sense of Horus Heresy, I think because everybody who's a Horus Heresy fan right now is probably talking about Legions Imperialis, the return of Epic. Yes. Uh, which I'm super stoked for. Everybody in my club is super stoked for. I know you are. It's it's the biggest tiny news. Mm-hmm. So tiny. They are so tiny. But uh, yeah, we got lots to talk about there. Yeah. Um, I did play one game of Heresy with my sons of Horus and. Uh, I want to talk about that because I did use some of the new content from Siege of Chthonia. Not a whole lot of it, but a little bit, and I got, I got a feel for some stuff. Nice. Um, and let's see. And then we're going to talk about the first that are kind of getting started with Horus Heresy. We, we talked about this a little bit last month where we were discussing how um, the Age of Darkness box is such a great starter set, but a lot of the advice you see online doesn't necessarily tell you how to get started from there. And uh, we're hope we're going to do the first in a probably ongoing series of installments where we're going to talk a little bit about how to start with each of the legions with a list and oh that's some news we got we have a new website now so uh that'll be in our show notes and stuff and uh go check it out and the first of our blogs is going to be attached that's going to show you the list we're going to talk about uh, that's, that's right the, the, that's, we're committed now we're writing a blog well yeah. you are right now. yeah <laughs> well, so, i am anyway yeah oh <laughs> uh, and uh then i think we're going to talk about a 10th edition because we we how can we not mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then we are going to wrap up the episode with our very first mail call. I feel like we need to come up with like a cool like heresy themed name for mail call, but I don't know what that is yet. Um, how about warp transmissions? That's probably been used by somebody. I'm sure so. Yeah. We'll, distress we'll, call. We'll that, workshop that, that a little bit. Yeah. It fits. Oh well, yeah, yeah. Like distress call. It fits with. Uh, That's not bad. Yeah. With the intro. Yeah. Um, for sure. 
Yeah, all right, we'll think of something. Well, right now it's yeah. just mail call. Like we can mail think call. Of like, uh, yeah. Remember like Ar- Arlie Ermy doing uh, the mail call stuff on History Channel. Yeah. Like, History Channel is more about history. Yeah. 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 And mail call. By mail call. We mean the questions people ask us on Facebook. That's true. Not not uh, not that we have anything wrong with calling males up and you know come on over. It's cool. Play some forty k or females or anyone else. Any zotes? Zotes call. Zote call. Zotes. Yeah. Zote call. That's a podcast in and of itself, I think. Mm-hmm. I could do an entire podcast series on zotes. I know so much about them. I probably need help. So, well, I, we'll, I mean, we'll, like, we'll dig into that at some point when we, when we need some content. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the plan. So I'm excited about all that stuff, um, particularly uh, the mail calls. It's cool to actually have people asking us questions that we can, you know, pretend we have authority to answer. Mm-hmm. Protect. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but I don't. Should we we start talking about my my one game of Horus Heresy in the last month? Well, this is a Horus Heresy pod based podcast, so I feel that yes, yes, I have a strong feeling. The Magic Eight Ball says maybe we should talk about that. Actually, yeah, Yeah. do dive in, dive in. I'm I'm excited to hear about. Yeah. So uh, my buddy Lars and I we played a game uh, in June. 3,000 points, My Sons of Horus versus his Raven Guard, and we were using the uh, new Siege of Chthonia content. We got a new set of missions in there uh, with a new set of VP objectives and such. Um, it was really cool. We played uh, the Take and Hold mission uh, with, I think we used the Dawn of War, if I remember correctly, the map. Um, but it's great. It's uh, it's a little more juicy than the uh, the core set of missions. Uh, I really like the way the uh, Sort of the secondary objectives that are always in play. You got the slay the warlords, so you know you get you get vic- extra victory points for that, extra VPs for shooting up titans or knights and such, um, and then some other stuff like last man standing, break the ranks, first strike. But uh, that on top of that, it made a pretty pretty interesting game. A lot of ways to score some extra points. We had a we had a pretty close game actually, um, and uh, I think I won by just a handful of victory points. But uh, it was good. I really liked it. it. I was hoping the raven the raven guard would win. Don't talk to me anymore. Also, 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 it's if it's the same Lars that's a friend of mine, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm going to have to give him some shit. Lars White? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the Lars. Yeah, that's Lars. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, shout out to Lars. Yeah. <laughs> he better be listening to this right now. Um, if, if, no, that's if cool. it makes you feel better, he beat me in 10th edition Combat Patrol last week. He, he beat my Tyranids with his, uh, his Dark Angels. Although, technically, they were my Crimson Fists as Dark Angels, but still, he beat me. <laughs> Good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Oh. But no, we had a cool game. It was fun. Um, you know, I used the, uh, the one of the new Sons of Horus um, uh, Warlord traits uh, for Sun. For mm-hmm. Sun, is that what it is? And uh, that was pretty cool. Um, or True Sun. True Sun. True Sun. Uh, yeah. So uh, the Warlord gets uh, plus one leadership when taking morale tests, checks, and pain tests. And any models in the same detachment that can draw a line of sight to him also get this bonus of leadership characteristics. Uh, furthermore, can reroll any failed armor saves or invulnerable saves made against wounds inflicted by psychic wounds, weapons, or psychic powers. Uh, in addition, you get extra reaction in the assault phase. And uh, funnily enough, um, the psychic stuff actually turned out to be kind of useful because when he finally got into the battle, which took a while for reasons I'll explain in a moment, um, he did end up attacking a unit with a librarian, so it actually did come into play. But it's a cool ability. I, you know, I thought it was a pretty great, pretty solid uh, 
Warlord trait, because, you know, it's actually pretty rare in Heresy for you to, like, just sort of give random bonuses to guys who aren't your units as far as leadership goes. So that actually was pretty helpful. You know, I definitely passed a couple tests because of that. Um, and, uh, you know, he definitely was able to suck up some damage from that, uh, that Psyker because of the, the other sort of secondary effect, which is obviously, you know, very situational, but that was the situation and it came up, so that was cool. Nice. But, uh, yeah, it was a good game. You know, I, I think it was the... <laughs> I, I was playing the Long March Rite of War with my Sons of Horus, which is my usual go-to. Um, I really like it. It lets me uh, do a flanking maneuver to bring in what, I, what is typically a Spartan full of Terminators um, from flank, and uh, typically it's worked out really well for me, but this was the first game where I just could not roll the reserves roll to bring them on the goddamn table, so they didn't show up until turn four. Oh, they are busy getting uh, <laughs> coffee. Yeah, yeah they, they really were, and... Uh, I did pull out the win, but um, it was very dicey because they just weren't on the board for, you know, three full rounds. Um, well, yeah, dicey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, that, that was that was the first time that that's really uh, come into play for me. You know, typically, you know, I've had them show up on round two, but, but, you know, three rounds late, it's like, it's, it hurts when you, know, you have almost a thousand points of your army. So, yeah, roughly a third of my army wasn't on the board <laughs> until round four. Oh man, this is where someone's gonna be like, yeah, it's the only way Raven Guard can win, too, you know. Like, there's, gotta uh -huh. be some there's gotta be Raven Guard haters out there. I'm sure. But, uh, but, but yeah, no, I mean it was it was good, you know, he uh he was hurting me pretty good, but I managed I managed to basically just take out his line units, uh, which is how I managed to run him from winning on objective. But uh he beat me pretty good until my Terminator showed up. And actually by the time they did show up, they actually didn't do all that much because the game was almost over and they were Broadly out of position, and then oh, I also I uh, I rolled a one on the uh, the whatever the reserves roll is. So he got to place where they were coming in further, so they came in in a really inopportune place. They did very little the whole game, is what I'm saying. I think <laughs> I think really all that did was the Spartan managed to blow up his uh, his contemporary dreadnought at the last minute. Ooh, ooh, that's a loss. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it was it was rough. It was a good game though. But you know, it was I was kind of glad to see the the. Um, Outflank actually didn't work all that well this time, because usually it's been very reliable for me. And it's nice to know that it's not just sort of like an easy thing to do. Like sometimes you are going to pay a price for it, so yeah. Um, I don't know, fun game. Had a good time. Nice. Nice. That's really good to hear. Like, I I need to get a game together uh, myself so I can enjoy some some Horace Heresy. Just action up close and personal. I, I need it. Um, but, uh,. And uh, and at least it was a pitch battle, right? At least it was like, like the heresy itself. It was a, it was definitely, uh, sort of like a, by the edge of their teeth, the seat of their pants, kind of like, by, uh, it was it was always pitched, right? Like th that's how the lore has been established. It was anyone's game at one point. So, so I like it. I like it. Yes. Yeah, no. It was it was it was a good game. Um, had a lot of fun. We played with the night fighting rules and all that, which we usually do. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, I had, had, had a lot of fun with it. Looking forward to playing some more Heresy. Um, but I think, you know, in the near future, the Heresy news is definitely going to be Legion's Imperialis, so maybe we should just jump right into that, because I think that's, there's a lot to talk about right there. That's exactly what I wanted to segue into, and I was like, you know, really get me playing is tiny, tiny, tiny space marines and tiny tanks. And, oh, oh, yes, yes, I... I it's good to see it back. It's good to see or it, that it's coming back. Um, they haven't told they haven't told us like when that's coming out, right? That's uh, no, but all, all, all signs point to a late August release. Like the, uh, the the previews are coming hot and heavy at this point. They're doing you know two to four a week. Just in time for my birthday. 
Yeah, nice. But uh, yeah, I mean, usually once they ramp up to that point, it means you're you're four to six weeks out. So I'm guessing we're gonna see a pre-order in mid mid August, and then hopefully the book uh, the box set probably out end of the month, somewhere around there. Like, yeah, that's all speculation. Set. I could be totally wrong, but I think that's that's pretty in line with how they, they do things these days. Yeah, yeah, because they've got they've already lined up like the box set, a bunch of other stuff. I mean, what their blog uh, is like what two or three posts a week right now. Yeah, uh, yeah, and they they're, they're they've got like. Like, like they said, the box set's been, you know, you can pretty much price the box set at this point because you got two armies. Um, that could be, you know, whatever. It could be you make a one big army or two separate armies. Um, they, they've basically said it's one big army. Yeah. Um, you, you, they said that you could split it into two, you know, uh, Marines versus uh, Solar Auxilia, but it would be a very tiny game. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it's definitely not... They've been pretty clear that it's not a two-player starter. It's you know, it's a, it's a, some kind of value to get you into the game with the book and all of that, but it's not. These are to get two people into it. Yeah, yeah, that's. Um, well, I, I, I assume my younger son will want. He, he kind of wants to get it anyway, so that'd be good for both of us. And um, I, yeah, I don't want to split. I want to use Marines and Solar Exilia. That's that's. I don't want to share that with my kids. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they, they, they've been talking about it being like a real kind of um, combined forces, combined arms game where, you know, you're going to have troops from multiple legions, you're going to have solar auxilia, you know, presumably someday you're going to have admech and stuff, fighters and planes and titans and everything. So uh, it's meant to play really, really big games, which is cool. Yeah, yeah. And and I guess I guess if somebody's listening and doesn't know what the hell uh, Legion Imperialis is or what it what it used to be, uh, at least the spiritually... Um, Back in the days of yore, um, there was a Deptus Titanicus, which we have. We have a Deptus Titanicus now. Um, in a new then, form, but yeah. Yeah, it was six millimeter scale, um, and then you had uh, Space Marine. So Epic, Epic scale. They just became known as Epic scale, and then and then you have which had all kinds of Xenos factions as well. Uh, and that was a 40k style game for the most part, right? Like the the yeah. original Deptus Titanicus was Horus Heresy, and in a lot of ways. The Horus Heresy, as we know, was kind of born in that game, but that was because they wanted to have a, a, a setting that would let them have the same robots on both sides to save on manufacturing costs. That's exactly um, right. Which yeah. is Horus, in a lot Horus, of ways, where the Horus Heresy comes from. That's right. Horus Heresy comes from a limitation, right? Like, how do we? Just like Warhammer comes from, just like we could take whatever miniatures you can think of and throw them into a fantasy game. Yeah. Um, the yeah, the Horus Heresy just was just cool fluff that. You know, because I remember those days. That's when I, st I started in '87. So, the like I remember Adeptus Titanicus and this cool thing called the Horus Heresy. And I'm like, wow, that's really neat. Ten thousand years before, and it really establishes how nothing has changed in ten thousand years, really. Right. And, and then they just expanded the lore more and more and more. And now we have almost every detail covered about the Horus Heresy. Yeah. Which is both awesome and and. Kind of, kind of sucks all at the same time because I kind of like the mystery of it. I think you've said that before too, the kind of mystery of the Horus Heresy. But it is pretty cool though. I like all the all the story and stuff. So. Yeah, no, I, I <clears throat> agreed on, on all points. But uh, yeah, yeah. So I mean, Legions of Perialis is the new epic scales. You know, I think uh, a single space brings about it's about eight millimeters tall. Um, yeah, it's the eight millimeters. The new new tight as uh, the new, but it's now five years old. It's uh, a Titanicus game. Yeah. So you can use your Titans in the game. You're, you're even expected to do so. Uh, I mean, the cool thing about you know, I, I played a little bit of Epic in the '90s, um, and you know, it's it's rad because you know if you like if you like tanks, you can have 40 tanks on the board, and you know you actually have room for them, and also didn't cost you six thousand dollars. 
That's right. It was uh, back in the day. It was good. To get, it was uh, easy to get folks from. Micro- Do you remember a game called Micro Armor? I never played it, but I've I've heard, I've heard of it. I used, I used to play it because it's like tiny little metal tanks and um, same same scale. And then you could just get people. And it, it, we I actually used to use uh, Micro Armor for come up with rules for epic scale, just because you know there were there were tanks. There were two tanks. There were uh, modern tanks. Um, and so you could do you know, all kinds of sci-fi stuff, and you could just do kind of like your own versions of things if, if you wanted to at the time. But right. I guess you could. I guess you could use Epic Scale now, but you would have that two millimeter difference. So sure, it'd be a little, little different. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. I mean, anybody who's planning to use their old Epic stuff, it's going to be look a little, a little wonky. Like your, your your old tanks will be a lot smaller than the new ones. Yes, um, but the new models are off are cool. But it's still going to have a ton of ton of stuff on the board, right? Like I think today they announced that you're going to have. Uh, that rhinos are going to be being sold in boxes of ten. Yeah, yeah, right. Like that's the scale of the game where you know having ten rhinos and ten, you know, and you know, all those dudes to go in those rhinos is a very reasonable way to play the game and probably a good place to get started. Yeah, I, I also do not recommend anyone do what I did back in high school, which is the taking epic scale minis, and I had a lot, and you and your buddy like. Um, Doing a 40k game with it, it took us days to just get it's like funny. Three turns oh. Don't do that. Don't do that. Numerous people I've seen are talking about like, oh, maybe I should play uh, Horus Heresy with the Epic Scale. And I'm like, don't, don't do it. Just don't do it. Like, just inviting like, a world of pain. Don't do like, it. Like, it's know, just gonna take forever. Yeah, I mean, th- there's two ways to do it, right? Like, you, you play it with the amount of models that you would have in a Horus Heresy game. In which case, you know, you're playing with like, as far as the squads on the bases, you're playing with like eight models, right? So you're using a giant rule set to play a very tiny game, or you're using the the, uh, the tiny models, tons and tons of them to play a gigantic Horus Heresy game. And like you could do it, but man, that, that is going to take you forever. Yeah, it'll like, take you forever. The, the, the whole point of Inquisitors Imperialis is to let you play that game in a reasonable amount of time, right? But by abstracting it. So yeah, exactly. it's certainly something you could do. I just I don't quite understand why you would want to. Uh, yeah, unless you're like some fever teenager, I just don't recommend it. Um, it's it was entertaining to set up, especially since we took the guys and put them on like little tiny. We made like little tiny uh, bases for them and everything, and that took a yeah. long time. Oh my god! And I used an entire basement floor for the battle. Um, but like, it's um, but it's so cool. Like, like I I like the epic stuff. So I like like the epic scale, and I don't just mean that like. Um, in terms of like epic scale, I mean like just the like like just large behemoth scale of battles you can have. Like you get a box with ten rhinos. Imagine fielding ten rhinos. Imagine doing like uh, one of these kinds of uh, Legion Imperialis with like standard uh, miniatures, right? Twenty-eight mil scale or whatever. And then like right, you, that you, would take you, forever. You, you need a, well. a board, you know, the size of your house. Yeah, exactly. You need a massive board, and so you can have these huge battles that. Like, like how they should be, because I guess one of the things people have uh, often pointed out over the years is the scale, uh, the troop scale of 40k and 30k is kind of wonky in the sense oh, that, sure, yeah. like the Battle of Stalingrad was bigger than anything the Warhammer universe has seen, like, right. stuff like you know, like stuff in World War II is way bigger, like just millions. There should be millions. So basically, it's like scale up by a factor of 10. Um, if they say there was like 400,000 troops in this battle, then make it 4 million. Um, right. Because that makes more in a scale like 40k, right? Like it's because it's, it's just really, is, is, and this is what it allows. Hopefully, like I hope they go 
if this if Legion Imperialis does well, they they they, they do a, a 40k version of it. Like that would be neat. But yeah, I, that, that's a separate game. You know, I, I see a lot of people talking about like you know I hope it's gonna be Xenos and stuff, and like I, I don't want there to be Xenos in the Horus Heresy game. But you know, we can kind of come back to that during our mail call because that sort of came up there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I, I would love to see you know Epic Warhammer 40,000 again, right? Like I want to see the Orc Guardians and stuff. I just want that to be a separate game from uh, from Horus Heresy. Uh, oh, yeah. themed epic, epic game, right? Like, well, no, totally. They tried bringing it back uh, back in the early 2000s with Armageddon. What was that? The Armageddon epic scale stuff. No, oh, yeah, forgot about yeah. that. Uh, yeah, because it was very short lived. I was excited for it then, and then it just kind of petered out. Yeah. No, one of the cool things I think about um, Legion of Imperialis, you know, sort of reading between the lines and all of the blogs and stuff, you can tell that a lot of the stuff that's going to show up in Legion of Imperialis is, is coming to Horus Heresy, right? Um, because you know they're, they're doing a, they talk a lot about their three D sculpting process and how they, they they do their concept art and so forth. And you know if, if you if you squint, it's pretty clear that like much if not all of this stuff will be in both games at some point. Yeah, yeah, I'd say that's um, a that's a very good prediction. Yeah, I, I think you know probably there's probably some you know obscure things that you know would work particularly well in each game. You know there there are certain individual characters for Horus Heresy. You know you're, you're never going to see Exodus for the the sons of, for the Alpha Legion probably. Probably aren't going to see him in epic scale, right? Because he's, he's a single sniper dude. Um, yeah. Or at least it's less likely to see it. And, you know, you, you, likewise, you know, we may not see, you know, if they do, for example, the classic Imperial Guard, like those land train things they used to do, maybe we're not going to see those in Heresy because they're just too big for it, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, I think, you know, we, they showed off the Assault Marines for, uh, for Legions, and that's clearly coming for, uh, in plastic for, uh, Horus Heresy before long. So it's, I don't know, it's kind of fun to get a, get a sneak peek at the future from one game or the other. Yeah, it's, uh, like, uh, totally. It's, it's very indicative of Horus Heresy dying. Um, <laughs> that's, I, sorry, that's, 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 that's just, uh, it's just, uh... It's your book this month, isn't it? Yeah, like, well, it, real, real quick. I don't want to derail this too much, but, like, I, I like, it, we discussed it earlier as well, because, you know, we do talk about what we're going to talk about. Um, and I was, like... You know, I've seen a few videos saying that the Horus Heresy line is dying and no one's playing it. And I'm like, and one of my son's friends pointed out, I saw a video on it. And remember, YouTube is God. And I was like, I don't, but why would they be spending all this money on this shit? And then doing, and then doing like uh, Legion Imperialis. I mean, Games Workshop, I can see them doing, making this kind of like quote unquote mistake in the 90s, maybe like when they were still like fumbling around in the dark a little bit. Because, right. Yeah, but like now, like they're a they're a well-oiled machine. They're a they're a, a titan just lurching through the battlefield. It's uh, you know, I, it's, it's the, the support that Horus Heresy is getting is is, is truly wild. Um, and you know, is yeah. it as big as Warhammer Forty Thousand or Age of Sigmar? No, and it never is going to be. But the fact that it's like, it's it's a distant third, but it's not that distant anymore. Um, and you know, and there there have been people complaining that like, oh, they they took all these Heresy models rules out of core warhammer 40k that you know the game's gonna, i'm like they did it because they don't need to sell them to you right like it, yeah. it, the, the 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 answer there is they did that because it's better for the health of both games and the fact is that the game those models are selling well enough as horus heresy models that their sales is their incidental sales as warhammer 40,000 models clearly didn't matter to the bottom line right ex ex exactly like, uh, originally the horus heresy models could be folded into 40k as additional models but I don't need to do that, and that's that's, yeah. that's totally a sign it's failing, right? Like, right, yeah, totally. Exactly. Like, and I've seen some really just just insane takes on that. And like, the fact is that you know, if they needed to sell those models to 40k players, they would continue to do so as they did for the last decade. 
but you know it, it's pretty indicative of the the robust health of heresy that those models sell well enough that they can reduce their sales to 40k players and not care about it Exactly. And I, I also want to point out that we do not have the Games Workshop ceramic boots firmly in our mouths or anything like that. We'll we'll criticize them if we feel it's necessary, but like, it, it's just yeah, that... Yeah, we'll talk like, about perpetuals later. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, uh, but like, it's so lazy. Um, so like, um, but, but the, the thing is like, there's so much money that goes into the creation of miniatures. Um, I know they're cheap. This is like my... my partner likes to say this she likes to say like you know they're just like cheap little plastic but you got it you got to like set up all the, the manufacturing facility like the, the the mold injections whatever like all the plastic it's it's like a hundred thousand dollars or more yeah or the just tooling like, for each for each you know each sprue is you know close to a hundred thousand I mean, it might be less these days but like it's still a lot of money yeah and then you got all the all the all the creation you got to model it and blah 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 before that and then you got to do just the box art you got to play test it and all, all this the money only, that goes into it yeah the only cheap part of it is the actual plastic Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah that costs and nothing it, <laughs> it, well exactly and then it allows them to recoup and yes they do make a lot of money back on recouping that because um especially if you're listening to this right now it's a popular game so that's gonna that's gonna happen it's sort of like yeah. it's sort of like those same people that, that criticize that will go out and buy star wars action figures and you're like yeah well you know it's kind of the same thing except this is a game as opposed to sticking stuff on your shelf but yeah, there's but, nothing you know, nothing wrong with that by the way I oh guess. sure but as much as the criticism, you know the flip side is you can see how well horus heresy is doing where they've reduced the amount of models um the amount of models that are available for both games whereas mm -hmm. you have uh, aeronautica which mm -hmm. is you know the epic scale flyers game has been for a few years now and they just announced that they basically discontinued everything that isn't going into legions of imperialis which is a pretty indication that, that game was not selling very well Right? No, like, no, it's not. They stopped yeah. producing that stuff, and they basically said the game's on a hiatus. I'm sure it'll be back at some point, because, you know, the, the, the Great Wheel spins ever onward. Um, mm -hmm. 10, 20 years from now, it'll come back in some new edition or whatever. Um, but for now, you know, they have downsized that game, because that game wasn't selling. If that game, if those if those models were still selling, they would not stop making them. Nope. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly, yeah. They, they would... It would uh... Um, and it's too bad. It looks like a cool game, but I don't know anybody. Cool game. I played it. I only played it once, but I like it a lot. Um, and it's it's fun. I'm, you know, my, uh, Lars, my buddy, actually, uh, he he went deep on that game, so he's got almost everything to play everything. In. It's funny, you know. People actually talk about like, oh, the game's dead. What does it actually mean if a game is dead? Why is that necessarily a bad thing? Well, that's a good point. Like, if, uh, like, you mean, like, the if a game actually dies, um, right? Because it it's necessarily die. Yeah, and uh, but but I, I guess my 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 the point I'm driving at is if a game does die, and I don't think Horus Heresy is even it, is it, that is a it is a robustly healthy game right now by by mm -hmm. all metrics. Um, but a game like Aeronautica, which you know is kind of over. There's an advantage to it, which is that you can kind of get your hands on everything, and you can get all the rules, you can get all the maps, you can get all the models, and then if you want to tweak it yourself, you can do that, but you don't need to, like, keep up with anything. It's sort of like a closed system, and I kind of like games like that to some degree. Well, yeah, I still, like, I still like playing Mordheim and Battlefleet Gothic and Manowar. Anyone remember Manowar? Like, I, I love all those old games. And in, in also, there's, there's, of course, the third-party market where people... You just go on Thingiverse. You'll find new ships for Man of War. You know, like yeah. you can have them printed out. I mean, everyone. I mean, you might have a three D printer. Like whoever's listening, like I don't, but I got a buddy yeah. that does, and he'll print sure. it for me. Like and, and 
and then you can just uh, paint it up and stuff. It just doesn't. It's just no longer profitable for the company to focus on that, and that's right. perfectly fair too. Like it's, I don't really. I mean, it's always sad when a beloved game is canceled or whatever, or or like Mordheim, which I, I don't understand how they could make it profitable per se. Like no, I mean Necromunda is doing gangbusters, so. Well, you, yeah, you could. I mean, the thing is, you could you could dive into that, and maybe with Old World coming out eventually, like they'll you could do uh, yeah, yeah. Mordheim. But like, but also, uh, Mordheim basically uses for the most part the same minis as like Fantasy Battle, right? But and they killed Fantasy Battle too, by the way. So if Wars Heresy was doing so bad, they they killed off their original product. <laughs> like, yeah. they, no, they, I mean, it, it's 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 so it's such a wild thing for me to hear somebody say because like. Every time a new heresy thing comes out, it's almost it almost sells out almost immediately. Like you know, I think it's still hard to get uh, the uh, the new jet bikes, right? Like they're they're coming back into circulation now, but like for the first three months after they released, good luck getting one because everybody wanted them and they sold out. Like yeah, like it, it's, it, it's a an astonishingly popular game. Well, I think it's I think it's also there's a psychological element there with I mean, first of all, they want views. I get that. I don't I don't blame them, but like. Um, basically saying horse heresy is dying or is 40k in trouble is the equivalent of like oh. those political videos you see that oh have, yeah like, they have like all the all the hyperbolic text on them like you know Matt Gates was smashed which is always fun to watch I must say but like um, he's never actually smashed there's no hammers I'm always disappointed it is and sad it is sad and and uh, but like it, it, it's just—it's um, it's clickbait. I get it. I—it's I, yeah. a—it's a portion of like the, of the fandom that I just don't engage with. I don't—I yeah. don't watch a lot of YouTube's. I, I watch painting tutorials and stuff, right? But like, um, and I—you know—saying saying somebody's doing a <laughs> is co-hosting a podcast that's basically about horror, heresy, news, mm -hmm. and philosophy. I don't really listen to a lot of that stuff. Like, I have my own opinions, but like, I'm not particularly interested in hearing somebody who wants to tell me why Games Workshop is destroyed forever. Yeah, yeah. And I was just going to say, also, if something is popular, uh, you'll always have people that hate it. Like, I saw, this will only really matter to people who are into industrial music, but I saw somebody the other day going off about how terrible Skinny Puppy is and how no one actually likes them. I'm like, really? Okay. They just sold out a whole tour. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, like, I mean, there's always somebody <laughs> out there that does not like the popular thing. And I get it. It's cool. Everyone's different. Yada, yada. Everyone's a special snowflake. I get it. But, um, it, 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 it's just, you know, like if anybody's wondering if you saw something like it's just, they're not it's not dying as far as we know. If it does die, then you can laugh at us or whatever. Yeah, like, sure. It, I mean, they, they just showed off the new Night Lancer. Yeah, why would <laughs> like they the, do that? Yeah, like, like it's this enormous plastic model they just released. Like, I mean, the game's just not going it's to have too. as regular a release as Warhammer 40k, right? It's not. No, no. because it's not. No. It, it's not on that scale. But the fact that it's like. Even you know twenty percent of that audience, even ten percent of that audience is wild. Yeah, if I think forty k outsells everything else put together in their Games Workshop umbrella, and uh, I mean forty k yeah. probably sells. I would I would guess that on a year, and if you just do raw miniature sales from all game systems from all publishers around the world, I would guess that Warhammer forty thousand, and that's including the other Games Workshop games. I bet it's fifty or sixty percent, mm -hmm. and then I bet another I bet another twenty five percent of that. Is like the, the 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 remaining umbrella of Games Workshop games, right? Mm -hmm. And then <laughs> that remaining twenty to twenty five percent of the market is everybody who isn't Games Workshop. Yep, that's right. And like you know, there are problems with that. It's not it's not necessarily great that one company has so much of the market, but like there is a ton of other stuff out there. But you know, it's 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 drops in the bucket comparatively. Well, also, it's the, I guess, what we would call back in the old days, like the water cooler uh, phenomenon where 
everybody in, can talk about 40k. Even people who don't like 40k but are aware of it can name their favorite things about it or things about the yeah. lore. 40k is like it's been around for since 1987, 86 more like, but like, but really like officially since 1987, and it's had this huge like just this huge legacy of lore and novels and comic books and really crappy CGI movies and yeah. all kinds of stuff, <laughs> which. Um, which I've sampled and, and like, I, 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 I can see why. And I love it too. You love it. Like we love it. You can sit there and just discuss it in, in, with people. And, um, if you're into a smaller miniature game, like, like infinity or whatever. Awesome. It's a great, great game. Um, but don't expect everyone to know what you're talking about. Like it's, it's 40, 40 K it's like the, it's the dungeons and dragons. Uh, pretty, in, pretty interesting since games workshop started by, uh, one of the things they first started doing was making uh, Dungeons and Dragons uh, books and stuff, or, or importing yeah, them. Yeah. And then and now, now they're the Dungeons and Dragons of miniature war games, meaning yeah. they they hold over half the market. So, um, which is which is which is great. I mean, like, but I, I like to see more, you know, people doing stuff. Like I remember, uh, was it Rick Priestley put out his own miniatures game? I'm trying to remember the name of it. Um, I have the book somewhere. Um, Which, well, I mean, almost all those guys have gone on to make other games, right? Like, uh, yeah, it was this. Cool, he's got a game coming out later this year. I'm actually looking forward to. Uh, yeah, but basically, the way it breaks, I think the way it breaks down too is if you do a new game, it better be something that where you can use uh, Warhammer miniatures for, because everyone seems to have Warhammer figs. So, yeah, um, there's certainly a, a robust market for uh, for miniatures agnostic sci-fi games, which you can use your Warhammer collection. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Star Breach um, is a good one. There's 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 all kinds of stuff out there, but uh, we're we're getting really far afield. Yeah, we're, we're, we've, uh, we just went off in the weeds. Yeah. The, the point though is that I, is that it is it is comical to think that Horus Heresy is in a very successful game at this point. It's just you know, a successful game for Games Workshop that isn't Warhammer Forty Thousand means it gets twenty five releases a year instead of you know two hundred. Right, right. Which is still compared to their competitors, it's still a lot. Yeah, it's yeah. like there's still a lot coming out for Horus Heresy. Including novels. Um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm currently reading Path of Heaven, which is one of the better ones. Nice. I I, I still need to dive back in. I haven't I haven't read a horse heresy novel in a while, but I do watch lore videos and get and catch up. Um, uh, for for anyone that's interested, that's listening, is like, oh my gosh, like I, I recommend Arbiter Ian does uh, the horse heresy in 40 minutes, going over like all the, the highlights. It's a good video. Um, right on. Yeah, so I recommend like yeah, like like in, like you could you have a whole there's a whole YouTube ecosystem. Oh um, sure. Uh, speaking of jet bikes, um, there's oh, like yeah, a whole, sorry about that. That's okay. It's really your fault. Um, there's a whole there's a whole ecosystem of watching lore and diving into that. I mean, hell, that might be a lot of people's their only thing they have with Warhammer. Um, so it's pretty great. Like I I really I really I think Horus uh, Heresy is is alive and well. Yeah, still heresy. Yeah. But uh, let's maybe let's come back to uh, Legions Imperials because there is still plenty to talk there. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'm stoked about it. They've shown up so much cool stuff the last couple of weeks. Uh, I'm particularly excited about all the terrain they've been showing off. I don't know how much of that you've seen. Oh yeah, I, I, I saw the. You sent me a link to the terrain one, which I missed somehow. Um, me, I'm, I'm such a terrain whore. I love that shit. So I'm like down. Like, yeah. I'm, no, I'm. Yeah. I'm particularly excited because I, I have a pretty good collection of. Um, buildings for the game for Titanicus, which will pull double duty really easily, but uh, nice. the two things I'm really stoked for is that they're doing ruin kits now, 
mm -hmm. um, which are going to be great because, you know, Titanic's one of the big things is destroying buildings, so I'm looking forward to having some, like, quick ruins I can use to replace as rubble templates for, you know, when, when a Titan blows up a building uh, to get line of sight, um, which is a fairly regular occurrence. Um, yeah, I'm sure it's going to happen in, in Titanicus, too. Um, also, they're going to look great on Titan bases. Uh, but uh, beyond that, the other part I'm excited about is the, the tiles. Uh, I love a good immersive board. Um, and while I like neoprene, I think those boards are going to be really cool. Yeah, that looks really good. Like they look really, really good, and and it's also uh, I feel ad advantageous for them to sell terrain. Of course, they're going to sell terrain, but like just because there's just not a lot of terrain you can use from other games for right. It's an odd scale. Yeah, yeah. And once again, if you've got a friend with a 3D printer, good. Um, but like, yeah, I should actually give a shout out. To, um, I haven't done. This, I don't. I don't have um, 3D printer myself, but I've been eyeing. Uh, Bronco Fish's Grimdark Terrain uh, STLs. This guy's been making super cool Titanicus terrain, which will work great for your games of uh, Legions Imperialis for a few years now. Uh, he's got like whole like mag mag trail mag train sets, uh, like Adeptus Mechanicus buildings, all kinds of really cool stuff. Um, and I'm probably gonna try and convince some of my friends who are hyped for Legions Imperialis with their printers to uh, print some of the stuff for us to use. But like, yeah, we, I'll, I'll, we should put a link in the show notes. But yeah, Bronco yeah. Fish's Grimdark Terrain stuff is awesome. I've seen it. It, it. It's good. It's good stuff. Like and 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 you can like FDM print a lot of it, which is good because, um, for, for for I guess if someone doesn't know, like you know, you can do resin printing. They're way more expensive printers and more fiddly. And whereas F, FDM, you don't really care if it gets radiation lines as much. You can put out some pretty decent prints, and your ruined buildings will look fine. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. No, it's it's cool. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think one. Of, I think part of the fun of, of Epic and now, or as we call it, Imperialis, um, is being able to really build a really immersive cityscape in a way that you can't necessarily do at 28 millimeters. And I, I'm stoked to do some just dope, you know, urban cities. And you know, I've got other ideas in mind as well. But uh, yeah, it's, it's fun stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the like, it can really accentuate the theater of the mind on absolutely devastated battlefields. So um, I can't wait. I, I I really enjoy that kind of stuff because I just like the the much like I like I like skirmish games and I really really love teeny tiny miniatures. <laughs> yeah, no, they're the fun, kinds of like they're that fun game. to paint too. Um, yeah. I painted my first experiment with like a smaller scale was a few years back. I painted a Team Yankee army, um, which is you know a sort of modern World War Three in the eighties kind of game. So I painted a whole bunch of Russian tanks um, in fifteen millimeter, which was the smallest things I painted. I, I had a really good time doing it. it it's funny. Initially, I was like, kind of like, oh shit, these guys are gonna be a real pain in the ass to paint because they're so small. They're actually easier to paint because there's less detail you need to worry about. That, that's right, and also people don't judge you when you can't paint like 10, 15 mil or eight mil um, minis of like, the face looks like a blob. Yeah, well, who cares? You can barely see yeah, it. Yeah, you're, you're not gonna see it, right? Um, no, it's, they, they paint up fast. You you know, it, it's the important thing when painting at that scale is contrast. And I, I don't mean not, not contrast paints. I mean contrast between uh, hues on your miniature, right? Like, yeah. To, you know, it, it's really if you're painting, um, you know, Raven Guard, do your guys black, but make sure you have that one really bright white shoulder pad, right? And they're gonna look great on the tabletop like that. That's right. That's right. Exactly. Don't worry about getting that Raven down. Don't, don't worry about that. You get a little blob or yeah, like the maybe it'll be decals or something, right? But um, man, imagine putting know, that just, decal on, Jesus. Uh, decals are easy these days. People have the fear from like doing Tamiya kits in like 1988. Uh, good like point. The, yeah, no, I, I decals like I decals I find them super relaxing. Like it's it's the easy part. 
I, but, I have a little. I have more trouble with them because I, I have arthritis. But oh like, sure, they, but they are. But that's why I have kids. That's what they're there. Yeah, for. They're like, like <laughs> little workshop. So now there's there's so many hobby tricks for decals, and the quality of the decals themselves are better these days. But you know, you get some micro solid micro set off of Amazon. Um, you got yourself a stew, baby. We interrupt this transmission for a much needed ad break. The Galaxy and Flames podcast is brought to you in part by the Brush Builders Union. The Brush Builders Union is a community of like-minded miniatures painters encouraging one another in their craft. The Brush Builders Union gives you monthly support and encouragement to become the miniatures painter you want to be. Take the union pledge today at brushbuildersunion.com. Now back to the transmission. The Emperor protects. Uh, actually, here's a question for you. What, what, are, you, what are you going to play for Imperialis? Well, um... I I'm always want to do Night Lords. That's that's just I'm just a Night Lords fanboy. Um, so probably that. Like I probably won't do like a like that's that definitely can't default to like Black Shields. Like I just want to do Black Shields. Um, I'm, I'm either gonna do uh, Night Lords or or Raven Guard. I mean like that's that's two of my favorite legions. But, but probably probably Night Lords, especially if they release any like Night Lord specific um, Imperialis stuff. Um, I don't know, because I, I mean, I always think I want to play the Loyalists, but I really like the Night Lords. Um, so that would be my answer in short. So right on. So it, it, they, they've been basically saying that you're going to be you're going to be encouraged to play multiple legions in an army. That's true. That's true. Like like doing an all Night Lords, so it would be like I I don't know if I'm going to do two armies, two small armies, like do like Night Lords and Raven Guard, or with Raven Guard Iron Hands, or. God, I really like, seem to like the legions that get fucked fucked up the most. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but for um, for chaos, definitely like definitely not word bearers. I hate those guys. Uh -huh. I hate them so much. And I remember, I remember even back when Chaos Gate. I don't mean the last one. I mean when Chaos Gate in the '90s came out. Oh yeah. I was like, I get the I hate I, I don't want to play Ultramarines. Fuck the Ultramarines. And I'm like, wait, I get to kill word bearers. <laughs> Excellent. I fucking hate those guys. So. Um, which, by the way, at that point, the word bearers weren't really that flushed out. Like, right. Yeah. They're, they're just red. And and um, so let's see. There's there's the the night lords, and I really like the death guard. I really like them, especially cool. like before they all turned into uh, like just just the cusp of turning into yeah. Like, they're just kind of dirty. Yeah, they're just kind of dirty, or just like I just really like the death guard. Um, so that and death guard, I, I would probably have death guard in there, and then. Um, I might even do them like as a, a loyalist, like a cobbling of loyalist uh, trade. My, my, I don't know why I do this. I think it's because of I, I have that I have that weird I'm a I'm a contrarian snowflake trait <laughs> that I, I want to do my own thing. So I'm like, what if all these traitor legionnaires are actually loyalists? <laughs> you know, because they are that that, that is a thing, right? Like, yeah, sure. So I, I'll probably overcomplicate it somehow. I know your answer is going to be Sons of Horus. Though. Nope. That's uh, nope. Oh, nope. Ooh. I am. Gonna I'm gonna be doing uh, my initial legion for Imperialis is gonna be Emperor's Children. Ooh. And that nice. is because one of my favorite all-time photographs from White Dwarf back in the '90s. Um, let's see if I can dig it up to post because I think they, they reposted it on their uh, their blogs a year or two ago. Um, there was a photo they took of a bunch of epic scale Emperor's Children with some black yep. tanks and some Legio Furians yep. Reavers in the background. And uh, I, I have a very big Legio Furians army for Adeptus Titanicus. So I think having a bunch of bright purple, bright pink uh, Imperial Shores is going to look just dope next to them. Nice. So nice. That, that is my plan. And then I'll probably, 
I'll probably do Emperor's Children and um, Alpha Legion because there's a lot of cool photography from the uh, the Heresy Black Books a few years back with uh, Legio Furians and uh, Alpha Legion together. And that blue and yellow looks dope, just like the blue and purple or the yellow and purple does. So I think that'll be a cool mix yep. for us. And then I don't know, I don't know exactly what I'm gonna do with the Solar Auxilia I'm gonna have just yet. Um, you know, I just don't know enough about the the game, but uh, some kind of mm -hmm. heretic army to go along with those dudes. And that's the reason why I like I love the Solar Auxilia as well. Um, I'd like to have a bunch of those dudes. Like, um... oh yeah, and the world world eaters. Fuck, I, I just yeah, I just world eaters are cool. Leaders, yeah, they're super cool. Like, I don't know, I I don't know what's with me. Like, are do they do they do they uh, like completely kill populations or they wear their faces? Like, oh, I'm I'm in that league. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, and I should say, you know, so one of the things I'm excited about is that because I have so many Legio Furians already, I, I have six Furians Warhounds. So I don't need the two Warhounds that are coming in that box set. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna salvage the uh, the two new weapon sets, the, um, the plastic um, uh, the claws and the missile launchers for the for the Warhounds and make those for my Furians. But I'm going to put the I'm gonna put the two Warhounds aside and probably use those to start a uh, Loyalist Legio uh, at some point in the future. They'll probably be uh, Fire Wasps. But that's going to be down the road. Nice. Nice. I dig it. Yeah, so at, at some point I'll probably do Legio Furians and or sorry, Legio Ignatum or the Fire Wasps, um, and then I don't know what I don't know what Loyalist Marines and stuff I'll do. Maybe Ultramarines? That'd be fun to different I've done those before. Really? Ultramarines? Yeah, you know, I I've I've read a ton You're of horse I have read a ton of horse heresy novels and at the end of the day. The Ultramarines have ended up being my favorites because they're the only people with their shit together. It's true. It's true. They they, they are like I, I I think that like Games Workshop has really tried to like lean into because I think they originally like they they did the Ultramarines because it's kind of a funny joke, but but they, but they're then definitely the best the like the best at what they do. Like, like they're, they're just they're just basically competent <laughs> and like they don't mm -hmm. they don't cry. They aren't sad that their dad doesn't like them. You know they aren't. They aren't sad because they see the future. They aren't. They aren't upset because somebody's made one of them sort of immortal. Or like I don't know. They just. They. They're just like. They just get the job done. <laughs> yeah. Like I just. I, they're not the most exciting <laughs> legion, but like I see. You know, I read. I read about the Ultramarines. I'm like, okay, these guys aren't going to do anything egregiously stupid because they're insane. Right. Exactly. And if the Ultramarines do have a problem with their dad, they can take it up with HR. Right. It's yeah. Insane. Um, you know, it's, it's funny, I, I, you know, I, I always found them sort of very dull, but I think um, Dan Abnett's stuff with them and Aaron Dembski's Brown stuff with them is going to actually really warm up to the Ultramarines, and I'm just like, yeah, these guys are cool, like, they're, you know, relatively not war criminals compared to most other Space Marines, so that's kind of, that's kind of nice, you know, they're still, nice. they're still sort of war criminals, and they've got some hazy ideas about uh, helots, but, um, you know, they aren't, they aren't wearing anybody's faces, you know, if you, if you call them up and they're like, hey, will you guys come do this thing you're supposed to do, they'll be like, yeah. And they'll give it their best. Like, <laughs> yep, yep. I I would say that what made me like Ultramarines a lot more was Graham McNeil's uh, Ultramarine series. No, really, I haven't read those. Uh, they're pretty good. They're pretty good books. Um, and, I mean, it really focuses on, it focuses on one guy, what Euro Ventress, but it, it's it's uh, it really made Ultramarines seem less lame to me because Ultramarines just always they just seem kind of lame. Yeah, like, I had the same thought. Old days, yeah. Yeah. No, for me, it was. Uh, the Horace Heresy novel from uh, Dan Abnett, No No Fear. Um, okay. I which is... I, 
of the 37 heresy novels I've read so far, by far the best. Um, and, you know, I, I would go so far as if, if you shaved the 40k off of it, um, all those serial numbers off, you would have a very good piece of military science fiction that would stand on its own. It's just it's just very well written, the characters are cool. Um, you know, it may be like, I was like, oh, Reboot Gilliman's actually, like, a pretty cool dude. Like, like he's actually, you know, yeah. not completely insane or doing really stupid things. Like, I, I don't know, I, I just... I bought the motivations were really involved. I really like how they wrote Lorgar in that. Um, everybody's motivations and characterizations were really cool, and just the action's great. But you know, I that that was that was the book that turned me around on the Ultramarines. I was like, no, oh, these guys are actually pretty cool. Like they're just you know, they're actually doing their job, which almost no Space Marines ever seem to fucking do. So that was a nice change of pace for me. No, the Space Marines are like you know, like we're the good guys, but we're also space vampires. Okay, You're right, yeah. <laughs> Like, yikes. Um, or the Dark Angels that should, they should be okay, but but they're not. I just I just read a, a heresy short in one of the anthologies, like book 35. Or th I forget which one it was. I think it might have been an Aaron Dembski Brown piece. But I, it, it's, it's from an Ultramarine perspective. Um, uh, Thiel, who's one of the sort of ongoing characters there. And, uh, you know, he, he's fighting this, um, I think it's a Night Lord. Night Lord, it, maybe it's Death Guard. It, it, he's fighting some, you know, traitor marine who has a name like Haskar Rasp, and uh, he's like Haskar Rasp, and like in his internal monologue, he's like, "How did we not know these guys were bad guys with names like that?" <laughs> and I'm like, I, I'm like I, I, he, he just cracked me up. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, 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 it's it's uh, he he he's I, I like that writer because he'll he'll add um, meta commentary like that, yeah, because <laughs> it's like. Like, I didn't know that, like, uh, Butcher McSwordface right. Axe Killer is going to be a bad dude. I just didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know like, that. Like, the Night Lords? Those guys turn out to be baddies? Who thought? Yeah. Who who would have thunk it? Like, the, it, it, it is kind of funny. The, the Death Guard? Those dudes who have, like, sides all over their armors and, like, are kind of creepy, sickly looking? They're kind of assholes, it turns out? Man. The world eaters, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, like, like no, I, no way. I love this stuff. Don't get me wrong. Like, like you know, the the, the cheesy, over the top nature of forty k is one of the best. But I mean, one of the worst things you can do with forty k is take it too seriously, right? Absolutely. Forty like, k horror heresy is at its best when it's when it's Gonzo, but taking itself seriously. Um, but the reader should never take it too seriously. And like, I, I think right. there's there's a there's a fine line to walk there, but. Um, my it's, point it's, all it's the material the material self-aware but those writing it are very self are, are sorry the material is not self-aware but the, they, the, those writing it are self-aware right and like you know when you get the occasional joke like you know like names like that how do we really, like you know that stuff's funny once in a while but it shouldn't be the right the, the regular thing and it, it, it's, it's a delight exactly. when you do encounter it but you know but you should always be thinking it like like this stuff this stuff's nuts it's great like it's it's you know it's 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 pulp fiction in the best way possible Absolutely. Yep. Oh. But that's all to say that, yes, I'll be playing Imperial uh, Emperor's Children for uh, Legion's Imperialis initially. Nice. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked. I've got, I'm, I'm, I've, I've got down to three paints I'm trying to choose between. They're all from Turbo Dork. Uh, oh, been, Turbo Dork. Good, good paints. Yeah. Um, they've been, they're members of my Virtual Union project, which has been cool. We get some, some discounts over there from them. Cause they, but yeah, I've got, a, I've got a ton of their paints. And it's finally a project I'm excited to use for them. I'm trying to look, pick between... Um, Three of their paints. They've got a really nice metallic magenta called um, Hotline, and then they have a sort of lighter pinkish purple um, called Turbo. That's one of their, their flagship colors. 
And then they have, um, they call them turbo shifts. They're shifting colors, so, you know, depending on how you hold the miniature in the light, it shifts color. Uh, called Romeo and Juliet, which is a sort of pink to bluish purple uh, shift color. And I, I can't quite decide. Oh. I'm, it's, it's very, very cool, but I'm not sure if it's going to look good on such tiny miniatures. It might, but it might work better for the vehicles. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm thinking, so I'm... I, I, I'm um, or for, like, larger, like, Terminator squads, uh, Dreadnoughts. Yeah, it's, uh... Let's see. It's, it... Yeah, I'm trying to say, I, I'm kind of leaning towards Hotline, because it's a real punch-in-your-face, like, bold magenta, without being too much of a pink, and, like, I'm kind of thinking of it as a late heresy army. Um, so, I don't want to go full... 40k Emperor's Children pink, but I also don't want to do the whole, like, early heresy, dark Emperor's Children purple. I wonder if they got that name for that paint from the game Hotline Miami. A hundred percent. I'm sure of it. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, I love that game. Um, yeah. So, of course I do. You run around killing people with, like, all kinds of stuff. It's great. Yeah. No, they're, um, they're, 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 their paints always have hilarious names. They have a, a metallic blue called uh, Daba D. Daba D? Yeah. Think about it. Yeah. Da da, I'm blue. Yeah, yeah. Da, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I you get that. I got, I got sixty five reasons why that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Whew, yeah, we're old. Fantastic. Um, but uh, yeah, those those are the three I'm trying to pick between. But uh, that's that's kind of my plan. So I'm hoping maybe our next episode. There should be a lot more news out if the game isn't out itself, so we'll have a lot more to talk about. But uh, that's kind of where I'm at. Absolutely, yeah. Else. I'm just, I'm just very excited. I guess <laughs> there isn't like a whole lot of like to really talk about at this point besides like, like paint a bunch of tiny tanks. Tiny, tiny stuff. Like I, I'm, I'm super excited. Like um, anytime I can paint a bunch of tiny tanks or just have tiny tanks and hold them and maybe put them on my chest while I sleep, I'm very, very excited. Like I, I just love tiny Good. tanks. I don't know what it is about tiny tanks that just really do it for me. Like, uh, it's, uh, I was expecting Nicole, like, look at me weird, but she's so used to hearing this. <laughs> she's so used to hearing this. <laughs> right on. So, uh, maybe we should just kind of wrap up our Imperialis talk because, you know, we're yeah, kind absolutely. of speculating at this point, but yeah, I think everybody's stoked and, uh, my club's going to go deep on it. So we've got some, some good stuff to talk about in the next months there. Um, what do you, what do you think the box that's going to cost? Like an American dollar? I'm guessing 150, 175. Yeah, it makes sense. I, I think about two hundred Canadian is what I was thinking. Yeah, so. I think I think I think two hundred USD is probably the upper end of it because it doesn't have any terrain in it, um, and they only discount those books and stuff pretty well. And they got to sell it, so if they make it like two eighty five or whatever, it probably better be the price of a combat squad. Yeah, that's that's my guess. That that one seventy five, one eighty five, so somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, you know, I because if if you look at like the big boxes like Leviathan, right? Leviathan was two hundred and fifty dollars for forty k. Yeah, and there was yeah. a lot of stuff in that box set. Like yeah. more, and like part of that they're gonna they're gonna make that money back on volume because they're gonna sell more of that. They're gonna sell for Imperialis, but like it's hard, it, w it would be a, it would be a tough sell for people who had just bought spent two hundred fifty dollars on Leviathan to spend the same amount of money on not nearly as much stuff for this for the new game. So I think I think under two hundred. 175-ish, yeah, I think I think around yeah. there. But we'll, we'll know we'll know soon, I think. Yeah, Games Workshop, make it 150, okay? Yeah. So Yeah, get it yeah. together. Think about a pocketbooks, yeah. God damn. Um, but like, yeah. Um 
anything else you want to say about the about? Uh, no, I think I think you know I I could speculate and talk about what I'm excited about forever, but like we're 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 a couple weeks out from like actually knowing more stuff, so maybe we should save it. We can we can really dig into some of the, the details next month. Absolutely, having an imperial we're going to have imperial sections of our podcast because that is oh 100 percent. Yeah, we'll be talking obviously about obviously we have huge nerd boners for it. Like, yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, so, what else do we want to talk about? Well, um, oh, I uh, uh, I tried tenth ed. Oh, I know this is horse heresy, but yeah. I, before we get into that, there's one I, I do want to talk yeah, about yeah. our first block. Oh yes, yes, go over that first because that's more really the horse heresy. Yeah, it's no, then we'll, we'll talk. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we talked about this earlier. You know, um, if you're if you're new to horse heresy or you're looking to get into it, the Bar none, best place to get into the game right now is the Age of Darkness box set, which is, I think, about 250 bucks, um, and it is an incredible value. You get the core rulebook, you get templates, uh, you get 40 Mark VI Space Marine plastic kit, the, the full kit. They're not they're not snap they're not snap fit pre posed, so you they're they're totally compatible with all the upgrade kits. Uh, you get a Leviathan, you get a you get a Contemptor Dreadnought, you get uh, ten Terminators, you get two Praetor models. Those are your leaders. Uh, and you get the incredible and gigantic plastic Land Raider Spartan, um, and it is it is a bonker set of models. Um, they are super cool. It's and you know, I think if you price it all out, like the individual contents, it's close to like six or seven hundred dollars. If you were to yes, buy all that, yes, it, it's, it is. Think... it's wild. And for two hundred fifty bucks, you get all of that in the rule book. You're getting a, you're getting a ton of stuff that's basically free. Um, Amazing. Yeah, and um, it's if you need forty more, you can still get the. Um, was it 40 Mark IV Space Marines for like 99 bucks here? Uh, 99 bucks. Uh, actually, I think, I think it's, it's 20 for 80, but yeah. Or 20. So is it 20? It's 20. Sorry, my bad. It's not 40. That's yeah, because in, in, in Heresy, tactical Marine squads, which are your bread and butter, go up to 20 instead of 10. Um, right, right. So, you know, you're, you're, it, it, the, the Marine squads alone are would be 160 bucks at MSRP. You yeah, two hundred fifty exactly. bucks, bucks starter, right? And so you're getting the tanks like hundred and ten. It's it's wild. I'm, I'm not. You can you can go figure out the math yourself if you want, but it's it's a it's an incredible deal. Um, and one of the things is that you know, despite the fact that this is the best way to get into the game, when you read a lot of blogs and people talking online about how to get into Horus Heresy, when somebody goes, "Oh, I want to play um, Emperor's Children," what should I do? And they'll go, "Okay, well, Age of Darkness is a great starter set. Here's the list I have that uses almost none of it." And like, yeah, if you're if you're deep into the game. Absolutely, right? Like, you know, you're going to be making weird lists and, you know, that are maybe optimized or just doing, you know, strange things thematically um, that speak very specifically to, like, what the individual legions do. That's fine, but it's a terrible way to get into the game because, you know, not only is it disregarding all the cool stuff in the starter set, but, like, it's probably spending a lot of money on Forge World or knockoff parts or 3D printing yep. or something, right? It, it, it's, it's, it is not a um, accessible way to get somebody to play the game. Um, and... It's also, I think, a result of a way of thinking about the game that I think can be a, a mistake that people fall into, and that's that, you know, each of the legions has its kind of specialties, right? Like, the Night Lords are about the terror troops, so you got lots of, um, you know, uh, you got the Atramentar Terminators, and they got their specialty stuff, and the White Scars, you know, their, their special thing is, 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 is bikes, right? Um, or, you know, uh, what's another good example? Um, uh, there's, there's, you know, there's, there's, there's the very, Imperial Fists are yellow. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but you know that, that you can't play the army. You can't play. You can't play a um, White Scars army unless your army is all motorcycles, right? And yeah. the actual truth is, in the setting material, if you read the novels and stuff, yeah, that's their specialty. 
But still, the average white scar is a dude with a bald gun. That's right. Right? Like, the world eaters, yeah, you know, as the heresy went on, they kind of stopped, they kind of put their guns down and picked up uh, chain axes and stuff. But early on, the average the average world eater was a dude with a bald gun. Oh. That's right. And the way the game is played, having those tactical squads, they have an ability called line, which means they're the only, only line units can hold objectives in heresy. And by and large, the only units with line are your basic dudes, like the tactical squad or the assault squad or whatever. Um, so, you know, there's a thinking that, you know, I can't I can't start a World Eaters army right now because there aren't any plastic assault squads out yet, even though we know they're coming probably sometime before the end of the year, it sounds like, but uh, not in the distant future, certainly. Um, but the reality is that, you know, you could play a World Eaters thing and be thematic about it. It's not going to be, you know, the classic, you know, iconic World Eaters army, but it's still a good way to play the game. Um, and, you know, even when you when you build that army out, yeah, you're eventually your World Eaters army is probably going to have mostly guys with chain swords and bolt pistols, but having a squad or two with those bolt guns who are cheaper than the others and can sit in the back and, you know, lay down some suppressing fire, you're still going to want that. There's still a place for it. Uh, well, I was going to say, and then your World Eaters might actually win for one. <laughs> right. Well, I think World Eaters are doing pretty well right now, as far as people I can tell yes. me, but, uh, uh, you know, the point, though, is, you know, you're, you're just because you can't do the most iconic army doesn't mean it isn't a good way to start the army. Um, exactly. And, you know, yeah, you know, some armies have it easier, like Sons of Horus and Imperial Fists. They do use a lot of guys with bulk guns. Um, you know, they're, 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 they're easy to do that with. Um, you know, and it, it is a little more difficult to have a thematic feeling White Scar's army using the Age of Darkest box, but it's by no means impossible. Um, so because of that, I'm hoping, you know, we're kind of maybe every month we'll take a few minutes to talk about I'm going to build a list using the Age of Darkest box as a, as a starter to get you to a 2,000-point army list for each Legion. Uh, maybe we'll do one or two a month, just so we don't spend 18 months doing all 18 legions. Um, yes. Maybe some of those reasons, you know, if, if I'm bored, maybe I'll just put a, a put one out and we won't even talk about it on the podcast. We'll see how I feel. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I'm starting, the first one is going to be uh, for Sons of Horus, because that's that's my, my main heresy army. Uh, so there's a blog post up, we're going to link it in the show notes, you can go read it. And uh, it's going to show you how to take the Age of Darkness box set. Uh, and what and adding a few things that are commonly available, so you know, no weird Forge World stuff or things that are out of print or things that don't yet have models. All stuff that you know, if as long as it's in stock at Games Workshop, you can buy it generally in plastic, um, and you know, without having to break the bank. So you know, for example, the two thousand point Sons of Horus list that I put up there is going to require an Age of Darkness box set, uh, and then on top of that, you're going to need to buy three things. You're going to need to buy a Demos Pattern Rhino. You're going to need to buy one Mark VI Tactical Squad and one Special Weapons Upgrade Set. And I've, I've, I've linked all of those in the blog, so you just click them, um, and that would give you everything you need to build this 2,000-point army. Um, you know, by and large, I'm trying to make sure that, you know, anything that is going on the model is in the set. So, you know, the route is that if I do all 18 of these lists, they're going to be kind of samey. They're going to use a lot of the same rights of war. They're going to be very similar, but these are all really good starting points to just get you in the game with your Legion of Choice. Um, and you know, That's right, and, and you can still make rent afterwards. Yeah, so, or you know, at least most yeah. of rent. So you don't have to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, most of. <laughs> you gotta skimp on food for a bit. But. Yeah, but you know, the thing is, you know, if you, if you were doing this, you could get the Age of Darkness set, paint it all up, and then you know, buy one or two things that get you two thousand points. And two thousand points is a great place to learn heresy. It's not the best place to play it. Three thousand points is really the sweet spot, in my opinion. Although I think the bigger the better, but I think the game starts at three thousand points. Um, yeah, especially if you've got battles you want to have. It's. It's like, um, so if you get the Age of Darkness box set, you know, for some of you out there, just think of it like two weekends of drinking and what you're going to pay for that. Yeah. You're good. You're good to go. Like, you're good to go. 
So. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, just really short. You know, the sense of Horus list. It's infantry heavy. Um, it's got the uh, the Praetor with the chain with the uh, he's got the power axle. Although in this list, he uses a Charnabal Tabar. Uh, it has a Contemptor Dreadnought. It's got two twenty-man tactical squads with chain bayonets. Uh, it's got a ten-man tactical support squad with Volkite Chargers. It's got ten Terminators. They've mostly got um, they got a lot of power swords. Uh, they're kind of a mixed weapon. They got a bunch of power fists and other things like that. And then a Land Raider's Spartan to get them where they need to go. And the idea is, it's a list that you know it has a lot of infantry. It's using the right. It's using the Pride of the Legion right of war. So that's giving your Terminator squad line, which is a huge advantage. It means they can hold objectives, uh, which they normally yep. can't do. Um, and let me tell you, from personal experience, a line unit of Terminators is a tough thing for your opponent to deal with. Um, yes. We, you know this list. It hits pretty hard. The Terminators are pretty good at. It, they're going to murder just about anything in close combat. I I generally use them to you know take out enemy command squads or just to mince enemy um, tactical squads. But they've got a lot of chain fists and power fists, so they're pretty good at taking out vehicles too. That is one of the weaknesses of this list. It doesn't have a whole lot to deal with enemy armor. It has the uh, last cannon arrays and the um, uh, hunter killer missile on the Spartan. It's got the dreadnought, which is a last cannon. Uh, but beyond that, and the terminators, you're going to have some trouble if your opponent brings a lot of armor. But what I recommend you do is because this is a list absolutely meant to be learned in the game. Talk to your opponent and be like, "Hey, this is my kind of all comers list. Please don't play." a um, armored spearhead list with nothing but Sakarans, because neither of you is going to actually have fun. Um, and I, no, I, I, I think heresy is a gentleman's game, and you and your opponent should be gentlemen or women or gentle people, and uh, talk about the expectations of the game you're about to play before you do it anyway. But yeah, that's that's, that's my Sons of Horus getting started 2,000 point list, so let me know if you have any feedback on it. I'd love to hear it, but uh, I, played the, I played quite a bit of this list and had good results. I will say the only difference in the way I actually played it I went to the trouble of giving them Carsorn, oh, giving the Terminators Carsorn power axes instead of power swords. Um, there's, that's a no different, no point upgrade for um, Sons of Horus. I think it's cool, but you can't build that out of the core boxes. I had to go get some parts uh, elsewhere to, to finish those up. So this this list, because my emphasis is on not having to do stuff like that, you'll see it listed as power sword. So it's totally viable to play a little bit differently. Um, but uh, other than that, you'll see axes on my guys in the picture. But that's it. But I, I had good success with this list at 2,000 points. It helped me get learn the game. I learned about vehicles. It kind of gives you a little taste of everything in the game to kind of learn how to do with it. Um, and I think it's fun. So, uh, yeah, definitely want to know what you think about it. That's excellent. And that's, uh, that's uh, I'm sure, the gentle heretics who are listening. Yeah. <laughs> really make use of it. So that's, uh, no, it's, it's actually, I was looking, when I was looking, it showed it to me earlier, I was looking at it going, wow, this is awesome. This is, uh, it helps me out if I want to ever pick up that box then. So. Right on. Yeah, I think um, next month I was going to do uh, take a stab at coming with a Night Lords list doing that in honor of you. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me know when you're doing that so I can actually go over yeah. it too. And, and if you're listening and you're like, I have a great way to build 2,000 points using the Age of Darkness box set and only plastic commonly available kits, uh, email us or Facebook us or something. Let us know because maybe we'll put your list up instead of our own dumb ideas. So uh, that'd be great. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can be immortalized on the podcast. And our new website. But uh, yeah, cool. So that's, that's, that's my take on that. But uh, yeah, we were going to talk a little bit 10th edition, right? You played some 10th edition a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I did. I, I, I have uh, two sons. Um, they're 17 and 19. And uh, so we played a three-way uh, battle on a coffee table um, because I had to go get a new game table. Um, because it was too small for a three. So it was basically, we got right into the action. Um, we had my older son, uh, Drake played uh, his Chaos Undivided Army, 
Uh, Vance played his Thousand Sons, which he has kitted out like, oh, Jesus Christ, it's 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 a, it's killer. And then I played his, um, since he had it all ready to go, I played his Drakari army, which I haven't played Dark, Dark Eldar in like 25 years, 20 years. So um, I got wiped out pretty quick. Um, but like it was... Um, you can get all the rules for uh, 10th edition on an app and that made the game way easier to learn and to play um, especially with the keywords function like like they, they really have updated uh, 40k to be for modern people you know you don't have to flip through rules books anymore or even buy them really yeah well I, th- I think you will in the near future but yeah that app's not going to be free forever but let me say that app is amazing it's really well done. I am really, really impressed some, with it. There's some UI problems that would just be normal in anything this big that you're just going to throw at people for sure. free. Um, like I had to do some diving to find some things out or something don't connect right like uh, or connect correctly. But that's so it's not in, as intuitive sometimes, but that's OK. Like it wasn't like it wasn't like, oh, my God, I'm in tears. I can't figure this out. It, it just took me an extra second. Sure. I mean, you know, it, it's. Is it the best app on the planet? No, but it's the best 40k list building app I've ever seen. It's a well, it's, I, I think it's like I mean, for what it is, it's like probably the best one. Like I, I, I was really impressed with the, especially keywords. Like, yeah, like being able to like just hop back and forth between all of the rules, the keywords, everything's super cool. Oh, so easy! Like, and I could figure out how to play this goddamn army. Um, I still used them wrong because I wanted to get things over with. Well, I definitely bloodied my younger son's nose, uh, metaphorically. <laughs> um, I, 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 he, his, his scarab terminators just fucked my world up like bad. <laughs> but then he went and fucked his brother's world up bad, and it was, um, and we, we ended before like they, they had to go before because it does, it does, it does take a long time, especially since we're learning it. Like so, I think we we're playing for about four or five hours. So we got about three turns in, and um, but at the end of it, it, it well. At the end of it, uh, uh, Drake's Un- Chaos Undivided was doing really well because uh, obliterators are exactly as their name implies. They obliterate shit. And they, his two obliterators wiped out most of the Terminators. It was it was whack. That's it was cool. like, <laughs> yeah, it was like they're, they're, they're almost impossible to kill. Like, I was like, Jesus, watching this, like these guys slug it out. And it yeah. was just brutal. My, my dark, the Dark Elder or Drukhari, they're like, easy to kill like they're like my guys so yeah i went in i i i got the i got the initiative and i go in there and i charge at him with my two transport well one's a transport vehicle and one's an attack vehicle so I love those, those Ricari vehicles are rad they are they rad they're heavily armored yeah but don't do not i repeat do not charge them into scarab terminators <laughs> just don't don't do that <laughs> that's a all, pro tip. all of them and Vance was like, you know, he was like, oh, I'm sorry, Dad, but I think I, because um, he he upgraded all of his stuff to, uh, what are they, warp warp flamers for free? Yeah, I don't, I don't know much Which, about that army. Oh, boy. Well, a bunch of dudes with warp flamers are very nasty to Jafari. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I took a few of his guys out, but, like, when it was his turn to fire back, it was, holy shit, like, um, of my, I think we're all, we're all playing, uh, I think it was 2,000 points. I, well, maybe it was just 500 points. I think it was just 500 points. Um, oh, tiny little my, game, yeah. Pretty pretend, because I had two vehicles, about 10, 10 uh, infantry, 
um, and uh, one Archon and uh, and some um, what are they called? Anyway, another squad of like dudes and close combat. And then I, so basically the the, the vehicle, the transport vehicle was pretty much just almost was destroyed. But my guys disembarked. And they were wiped out, like just wiped out by the warp flavors. They were just all of them, all of them, just gone, except for my Archon, who was then killed. And then uh, all that was left was like two of my close combat guys and what was left of the attack vehicle. That was, um, well, they could add some good punch to them. Just wow! But the, I, I used my command points well. Um, I probably wouldn't be able to do that without that. And had Drake, my older son, not jumped in um, and started attacking, then I would have been completely wiped out. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was just devastating. But because of that, he was able to counterpunch his brother, and it was we think that Drake may have. Like, my older son may have won that with Chaos Undivided, but only because I had initiative and I went right for my younger son, making him pay for being my child. And, um, you know, complete with, like, funny voices because, you know, you're going to hang on the razor racks until uh-huh. I tire from your screens. <laughs> you know, like, that kind yeah, of yeah. stuff. And, um, and, and it was it was fun, though. And basically, the rules are streamlined really well. The last time I played 40K was 7th edition. So... Um, I actually got a good game of 40k in. I mean, I was aware of 8th and 9th edition, and I had the books, but I never got to play it. Uh, sure. Ironic for a guy that owned a game store. And then I'd watch other people play it, but actually me playing it was 7th edition, which was World Eaters that I played, and also ran my guys in, and at that time I destroyed my opponent. Um, but like, I would say overall that 10th uh, edition has a very, it's very streamlined, it's um, Vance, uh, my younger son, uh, was comparing it a lot to ninth and eighth edition because mm-hmm. he started with eighth edition sure, for yeah. the most part, and and he was saying it's just way better, it's way easier. Um, the squads are more like coherent and act more like it actually felt like they borrowed ideas from Warhammer Fantasy Battle um, from the old days where your your squad, your unit, because in the old days, uh, for like Rogue Trader and Second Edition, it was like my guy takes a shot, my other guy is the guy, and this. Now it's all very squad based. I'm pretty sure it's been like that for a couple of editions at least, but it's more like that now. Vance was telling me it's way more. Um, they did take away a lot of magic stuff for uh, Thousand Suns. Uh, it's just like the psychic phase. Yeah, that's all gone, right? Yeah, he was a little miffed about that, but regardless, but there's all these perks you can take, and like warp flamers, which I cannot stress enough how devastating those are to like space elves. Um, <laughs> like just, 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 just vaporize my guys. Like I, I've never, I, I played a lot of 40 King games in my life, especially at first and second, third edition and a lot. And I don't think I've seen anything like that except for the time my works got wiped out by a bunch of shuriken cannons. Um, Harlequins suck, man. And then, yeah. um, Harlequins when they first came out were just devastating. Like this is what it felt like. It felt like me playing against Harlequins when they first launched. Um, so but oh, I enjoyed myself. It was fun, and I enjoyed watching my two sons uh, have their brother civil war. It was fun too, mm-hmm. and um, and no one got mad. It was a very fun game. No one, no one you know, Drake was getting super into it because he's always been kind of like, you know, 40k is cool. But he just watches videos on it. And he doesn't really play it very often. Now he's just like, I'm getting more men. Like he's like ready to go. Our games workshop is in the middle of moving, um, so they're closed down right now. Sure. 
And he's like, wants to go down to Games Workshop right now and like buy more obliterators. <laughs> I have an army of obliterators and um, he's all about that. He's basically plays it like if, you know, like if Guar was a tournament legal team, that's that's straight. Right. So, like, I just want to just, just destroy everything. Whereas, you know, Vance is much more like 5,000 sons and they all have lore behind them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was, but overall, I, I enjoyed it. Um, it's uh, pretty easy to learn. Uh, still still complex. Um, like, I wouldn't say 40K is a simple game, but they've certainly simplified a lot of the rules. Like I said, the keywords function isn't just having, like, keywords. Like, the rules are based around the keywords. Like, it'll say the following things have the following keywords, the following uh, troops, like, you know, infantry etc and you just click on that and it'll tell you all about like what the special features are um how they synergize with everything else so basically it's all about synergy and that's like that seems to be the big improvement here is synergizing everything not to sound like a corporate sure. shill or something but like it, 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 it's everything is like interlinked and synergized it's as if someone at games workshop said but what if we actually made a game that uses i don't know interlinked game mechanics for a change. Great. So, yeah. No, it's good. It felt like it, it felt like an old Napoleonic game where all those kind of things occurred, but it's just way more complicated back then. Sure. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts on, on 10? That's great. I love it. I played a whole bunch. Um, played a bunch of Combat Patrol uh, right when the game came out uh, with my Eldar. Had a good time with that. And then a buddy of mine, we did a little bit of trading, and I ended up with the Tyranid Half of Leviathan and I kind of accidentally painted a, a thousand-point Tyranid list in ten days and took that to the open instead of my my Beel Tan Eldar. Uh, Sorry, you posted pictures of those Tyranids. Yeah, that was probably a sign of mental illness, but I, I sure did paint a lot of Tyranids very quickly. Uh, <laughs> they look they, they look pretty good. Thanks, man. Yeah, it was all uh, it's all like glazing with contrasts and washes and then some dry brushing. But uh, yeah, I'm pretty happy with them. And they they certainly paint up fast. So yeah, it was a fun project. It was definitely an intense 10, 12 days, but um, yeah, it was cool. And then I went I went. F 4-1 at the uh, Crusade narrative game, which was pretty cool. Uh, had some fun with that. Nice. So I've definitely played a lot of 40k at this point for the month. Um, I think probably played almost as much 10th edition as I played 9th edition. Um, but yeah, I like it. The Tyranids have been a lot of fun. You know, they, they feel like Tyranids, which is cool. Like they, you know, lots of ways to keep you know bring your, your swarms back onto the table. Um, it, just, it just feels good. It's, it's it's kind of not quite maybe like a step up from beer and pretzels that I want 40k to be. You know, it really plays. Um, quickly and thematically, and you know, it's, I had a good time with it. I, I love Combat Patrol. Combat Patrol is a really fun format. Mm -hmm. Have you tried it yet? Um, well, I haven't tried it yet, but like, I'm I, I've seen videos on it. You should. And... Yeah, I, I, I think I think it's a great way to play a little bit of 40k and every. You know, you can. I, I um, my friend Max, who had never played 40k before in his life, uh, his first game of 40k was Combat Patrol with his Tau versus my Eldar uh, the day it came out. And I, what really blew me away was that, you know, we, the two of us, him having never played 40k, and me never, neither of us having played 10th edition, uh, without a book, we just had the app on our phone, uh, we got through a whole game of Combat Patrol in just over an hour. And, like, that's wild, right? Like, we, we, we taught it's ourselves like to play... It's like Kill Team Link, yeah. Yeah, and like, but, you know, way less fiddly. Yeah, it was super fun. So, I am definitely looking forward to a lot more Combat Patrol. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, need, I, I, I love it. It's great. Tense, it's fun as hell. Yeah, I think combat control is on the list of things to do. We got we got to have do. Me and the boys have to do a terrain day where I'm taking like uh, coffee jars and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. That. Old insulin bottles. They make they make really good. Um, I've been saving them. They make really good like uh, 
barrels. Uh, oh like sure, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Like the insult also, we're just gonna like you know glue them together and paint them up like you know like like look like tube stacks. Awesome. Really neat. And then everything from like yeah like old like, like I even saved like a Drixoro bottle like because they look they have a cool shape and you can just paint them up and change them and old like instant coffee you know, glass container. Yeah, so that's right. That's what a great idea. Post yeah, we've been, we've, yeah, yeah. I plan to. We're uh, uh, terrain's my favorite thing about miniatures. Like I I can geek out on terrain for literally days. Really enjoy it. I just like turning any. I, I think what really did it for me was the deodorant hover vehicle. Oh, the, the classic. Vehicle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I saw that. I built, I took my dad's speed sticks and I'm like, Are you done with this yet, father? And he's like, No, um, <laughs> I know exactly. I read that. I goes, I read that. I, I, I saw that too. And yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. So I, I totally built like my own, like little, like flash Gordon looking um, land speeder. Awesome. And, like, yeah, so I, I love that the uh, the heresy javelin land speeder is like kind of a nod to it too. Yes, yes, I, I noticed that. That that it was on Forge World, right? Like, yeah, it's still available on Forge World. Yeah, yeah. they just updated it to have is the, it? to go. Yeah, because you, you get it with the new plastic sponsons. They just updated the, the uh, sponson kit for the plastic vehicles is compatible with that now, so they just repackaged it. Yeah, one of those is in my future too at some point. She can't overhear me. <laughs> She's looking at me right now. She has a cat. She looks like a, a villain from a Bond movie. <laughs> right on. Um, but, no, but seriously, but it looks cool. Like yeah. I, 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 yeah. Yeah, poster. As long as it's not like six hundred bucks. What's that? I think it's like ninety. Well, that's actually not bad. Yeah, that's fine. I don't get three of them, but one of them, yeah, not so bad. One of them, yeah. I want to put them together, put put some units. Cool. So uh, why don't we maybe get into our, our first mail call or whatever? Yeah, in the yeah, future. yeah. Distress, distress signals from the wharf. Let's. Uh... Okay, you're going first. So what? What do you got? All right. So uh, we posed the question, and uh, I got a couple. Like we got a lot of great questions. We can, we can't have everybody, uh, or it will be a whole episode. But um, first one is Matt McElvo says. The game, Horus Heresy, has the rep of being a historical game of sorts. What could the heresy what could the heresy learn from more historical historical games that would amplify the hobby and play experience? That's a really good question. Um Well are you you wanna go or should uh, I I can go, yeah, sure. Um you know yeah, you go first, I'll riff off you, yeah. I think I think the best way to get if you want a historical experience with the heresy, which it's definitely designed for if you want it, um great thing to do would be to do a, a, a dual project with a friend and you know one of the things about, about historical games is you know if you both have to be interested in the same period and you know if you're playing Napoleonics you know um, it's a pretty narrow window but you know there's a difference between the forces that were at the Battle of Waterloo and the forces that were on the peninsula right so you have different regiments you have different uniforms and all that stuff they had different um you know cannons and all that and i think one of the cool things you can do with the heresy because there's such a rich background is you and a friend or friends could really zero in on a particular campaign and the siege of chthonia does this very well um you know pick a fight or pick a famous battle or make up your own battle um pick an era in the heresy and then figure out okay we want to do like siege of chthonia right it's basically the core of it, it's, it's Imperial Fists versus Sons of Horus. And we know it's late in the heresy, so there's certain kinds of, like, Mark VI armor is more common than it was at the beginning of the heresy, right? So if you and your friend are like, we want to do forces, we're going to we're, come together and do a group project, is what I'm saying. Um, 
and you know you, you both both do your your homework right like do a little bit of research or if it's not a thing that's written down come up with your own information right like you know what were the squads that were involved what were their what was their heraldry was there a squad of you know if, if, it's, if you and I were going to do a force of like your night lords versus my I don't know um dark angels right maybe we would come together and be like okay well we're going to be fighting on this planet and you know my guys are going to be led by this character that I'm going to come up with and you know what, what was his command squad like what are those guys and you could really it's a great opportunity to really convert them up um and really just you know dig into the the in this case the fictional history of the game that you want to play if that makes some sense that makes total sense um Especially if the themes you're creating for the game and the battle are based on historical, not, not just like historical war games, but these historical war games would also have this in them as well. But like certain historical objectives, like you're going for a munitions factory, sure, yeah, fuel de fuel deposit, or it was trench or, warfare, right? And then you could, you could build a board to go along with it. Yeah, exactly. Like the the objectives are actual. Um, war changing objectives that yep. like why you're at war like it's not just people just showing up on a planet deciding to duke it out um that's one thing i like about horus heresy is that there's a much more focused reason as to what they're doing and so um you know like for instance the battle of stalingrad which is a favorite of most war enthusiasts is that um you know there's reasons why they were going like that the germans wanted to take stalingrad and hold it and, you know they didn't want to get some few they wanted to the push past a certain point to get like the, the lock their fuel reserves because they were pretty much out of gas, which by the way is why Germany was destined to lose. Right. And 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 uh the same with the Japanese, by the way, and there's other battles like like why Japan moved into China. They needed fuel reserves, and that's why they wanted to go after Australia, which is why they hit, hit the United States. So there everything has a strategic objective, which is why you have tactical objectives to achieve strategic objectives. Yeah. So strategy is the war, tactics are the battle. Yep. So um, and, and, and so like, like you incorporate those into your games, especially if you like the more historical aspect of it, you know, it, it, it makes it, that's why, that's why I think people get into Horus Heresy, um, is because they're probably history nerds. They, they probably like, I really want to watch like this, this, uh, this, 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 this obscure continuation war battle documentary on YouTube and just geek out on that for a minute or 10 or 15 or 45. And, and that's that's who the game i think is actually designed for is people like they really want to have this uh epic feeling of being a part of a greater uh, a grand design yeah. a uh a grand battle plan as opposed to 40k which could be really anything uh maybe the nids are just you know just hanging out and wanting to get more food and you're just there that's that's a 40k scenario for you but horus heresy there is much more strategic objectives in mind yeah there's a lot of just you know personalities and just history to it and i, th I think you know Doing it with a friend gives you an opportunity to take a deeper dive than you would do if you're just coming with an army on your own that's going to fight battles and sort of, you know, avoid. Exactly. And speaking of thematic historical stuff, I highly recommend if you're going to do stuff like that from the heresy, there's a lot of planetary defense forces yeah. uh, that you can just pick up. You can pick up from the bold action miniatures line. Yeah. Or the, uh, there's a new, the, uh, who was it? Was it War Games Atlantic had the Kickstarter for the Renegade plastic stuff? You can make some really cool, like, um, heretic uh, militia out of those stuff. Maybe we'll put a link to that in the show notes, too. Oh, absolutely. And we should also link to it, because I'm wearing their t-shirt right now, is Victoria Miniatures oh, yeah. in Australia. Yeah, yeah. I interviewed, oh, my uh, God. I interviewed I have her for uh, my professional design podcast about a year ago. Really interesting. No way. How did I miss that? I'm a oh, so yeah, Victoria Lamb's cool, cool people. She had a lot of great stuff to say. Yeah, they and that's that's if you want, like, 
Uh, well, if you want beastmen, they yeah. have the Brulians, right? If you want abhuman beastmen, they got ogrens, they got like ratlings. Uh, sorry, these are their whatever they call them, hobbits or whatever they right. have. They call it halflings. Um, but like they have um, all the themes, like the guys, the Praetorians, like the guys with the pith helmets, helmets like yeah, the guys yeah. with the boonie hats, Australian. They're basically yeah. it's, uh, it's a, the it's way a the look. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's fantastic, and they got they oh they also have the basically their version of the Savlar Chem Dogs, which I also have a T-shirt of, mm-hmm. um, and I forget what they're called in up the Sandor Sandor, um, and I have those guys too. Yeah, the Brulians, and I got like and they have like Astropaths, like all kinds of stuff that um, you can fit into your horse heresy game yeah. very easily. Oh, including a tank. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I forget what it's yeah. called, but that thing is cool. I think it's called the Kangaroo APC. That they got sounds that. great. Yeah. And, they, and they also got the, like a tank. I'm trying to remember what it's called, but it's like the Crusader or something. But it's based on the British, uh, a British tank from World War II. And it's just like, or probably Australian, like uh, repurposed. But um, it's it, like, yeah, totally. Oh, they got massive artillery pieces too. It's just mm, chef's kiss artillery pieces. Yeah. Um, big ones, girthy ones. And um, you, you, like, like, I cannot recommend them enough. Um, and it's really good. Resin miniatures, really well done. Um, like I said, I've got like a shitload of them, and they're they're, they're super good. They're shipping, and their shipping rates are good too. Yeah, absolutely, great company, Victoria Lambs, great people to yeah. support. All right, but I think our next question uh, is going to come from Angel Baker, who asks: Were there Xenos in the Heresy era, and if so, should they be represented in the tabletop game? Ooh, I know your answer to this. That's why well, don't you have your answer then? Okay, fine. Um, my answer is similar to yours because Heresy focuses on hot marine on marine action um it's a it's a basically an imperial civil war um although i do think xenos can come in handy if, if you want to have a third like either do it to where they're like come up with their own house rules like they're doing their own random shit or have a third player playing essentially the the, the xenos interlopers yeah i think they're um, cool as like like game master kind of things right like in a, in a gm yeah. campaign it's cool to have some elder show up or something to like you know in a specific scenario or even just like ten amble show up. Sure, know? like the amble was my favorite thing to in Zotes, or my favorite thing to use on. Or there's, there's a herd mig- migration in the middle of your battle. Mm-hmm. A herd migration? Yeah, that'd be cool. You got to get miniatures to represent those, but you could easily do them, and those, that would be fantastic because they make time change. You could come up with new house rules for that. Too. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's. Uh, um, yeah, I think I think Xenos can be used, but it's not the focus of the game, and that shows within the rules and lore of the rules, um, or, or the other the, the, the auxiliary rules. Like, there's it's not designed to have Xenos, uh, but that yeah. doesn't mean you can't use them. Yeah, so, I, I, for me, think? it's just you know, if I want to play Xenos, so I just play 40k. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I have I have Tyranid and, and Elder armies for 40k, so it's not like I'm a stranger to this um, or you know against it in general. But for for Heresy, I want to play the Horus Heresy, which is not really a battle about uh, about aliens. Yeah, or just have a kill team game set in Heresy. Sure, you know, I mean there's there's all kinds of, if, you, if you want to do that, but I think I'm perfectly happy to see the product of the Horus Heresy not support Xeno stuff. Um, I think that would potentially weaken the whole game. It, it, it would definitely also, and it would uh, weaken the uh, Games Workshop focus on it as well. Like, uh, but there's nothing to stop someone from putting Xenos in the game. It's just, the, the, like you said, it's not focused on that. It's yeah. not the, the miniatures, everything else aren't really. Yeah. But, you know, you do you, right? Like, yeah, for sure. If you want that, absolutely. It's your game. No, I mean, at the end of the day, Horus Heresy is the, it's the oops all space marines. 
Warhammer game, right? Yeah. And I think yeah. I think it's best off being kept that way. Yeah. Yeah, it's the like over half our sales are from space marines. How else can we exploit that? Right. <laughs> I know. Yeah. All right. And then my last question is gonna come from my friend Marky. Marky Earhart. Uh, is with the announcement of Legions Imperialis and the Plastic Knights, do you think there'll be more plastic kits coming down the pipeline? What are you hoping to see? Um, you know, I, I think we know there's more plastic kits coming. We know plastic assault marines are coming. Um, there's there's a ton of stuff I'd like to see. I want to see plastic uh, jump pack kits. You know, I want to see the whole destroyer despoiler assault squad kit coming out. I want you know, I want to have those those guys and play world eaters with a ton of guys with chain swords. Um, you know things like that. That's that's the stuff. It's that fundamentals that I want to see covered the most. And right now, that's that's going to be that those plastic infantry kits, uh, which probably are coming. And this plastic Mark III is getting re- revamped too, which is pretty cool. At least they've rumored it is. Um, mm-hmm. So that's all fun. But as far as things I really want to see, I don't know. Um, more vehicles. I'd love to see. I'd love to see a plastic Porphyrian Knight. I don't know if that's going to happen because I think it's huge. Um, mm-hmm. But that would be very cool. Plastic Titan, probably not going to happen, but it'd be cool. Uh, it'd be cool. Plastic, you, you know what might happen? I'd love to see a plastic Fire Raptor, or um, I forget the transport version of the Fire Raptor. You know what I'm talking about? I know you're talking. I know you're talking about. I can't think of it either. Um, um, that would be super cool. And I think that's possible because those models actually aren't that big. Mm-hmm. And I think that would that's that's that would open up a lot of cool stuff. Um, like the uh, there's a right of war that lets you take lets you, your mandatory transport your your, um, your transports for units like uh, that have rhinos the rhinos get replaced you can you can't take rhinos but you can take stormbirds or whatever they are instead um, and if that's you can't do that in resin models right like that's just too expensive but uh, it would be very cool to be able to do that with plastics so that would be all kinds of fun stuff um, yeah that's kind of like my big wishes right there how about you. Well, if it's for pla- new plastic kits, I mean, it, 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 I, I understand that it would be a hard no from G-Dub, but like, I would love to see official kits for abhumans, like, basically, because the, the Horus Heresy, while it's a Space Marine on Space Marine, Hot Marine on Marine action, um, still the vast majority of people fighting the Heresy are humans. Right. Right? Like, it's, 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 it's still the numbers, and I would love to see, like, official PDF forces, um, uh, solar more more solar auxilla like I want to see more like with like artillery more vehicles um, but then it, it's impossible like they're not going to do that well, so, I don't know I think, like, I think I think we could see I, I think probable I think the fact that we're seeing so much plastic solar auxilia in, in Legions Imperialis suggests that we're going to see some if not all that stuff in plastic for heresy I, I hope so I hope so I would also like to see because they started forming like essentially space marine killing squads because if you're if you are being attacked by a bunch of space marines and your space marine side can't come to your aid how do you fight them yeah you're gonna have a bad time so basically like oh this goes back to the historical thing um so basically like how hussites would fight like the the catholic knights the the catholic um, league like you have thousands of knight armored knights fighting what are essentially peasants led by a few knights like actually like a handful they build like bag and furs and they have all kinds of like uh, crossbows and yeah, yeah. powder weapons wielded, wielded by 10 year olds and women right. and, and they beat their fucking they beat the fucking ass of the Catholic League. like they for, for, for decades they, they just destroyed uh-huh. 
And, and so, so it is possible for humans, I feel, to take on space marines, but it has to be done like they're, they, you know, like it'd be kind of cool to just see these kill squads, you know, like kind of like uh, the heresy version of, what do they call those, those storm, those elite, not the Kazarkins, but there's another uh, elite stormtroop uh, humans that are just like kitted out to the max. And yeah. Get stuff like that, and then like um, that'd be cool. And then you could actually have like Space Marines versus just purely PDF and Solar Exola. Sure. Uh, solar, and that'd be that'd be neat. I, I would find that to be fun. Vehicles. I, I think we're gonna see some of that. I, I would be shocked if those new um, plastic Solar Exola walkers from Imperials don't show up in plastic mm. in the Heresy. I'd love to see them. That's, that's got to be coming, right? Like I, I, I really think a lot of that stuff is a tease for stuff we're gonna see in 28 millimeter in Heresy before you know the next year or two. And you're supposedly a whole new plastic army is or new army is coming for heresy, and there's not that many things it could be. Can it be plastic soil auxilia? Is it going to be dark mechanicum? I don't know, uh, but there's definitely stuff to see there. I think. I would absolutely love to see them come up with a super walker. Uh, I mean, if the Sentinels the ATST, then you know, like, where's the ADAT? Like, I, right. I kind of want to see like this, like the Warhammer version of a Imperial Walker. Like, I, I can't be exactly the same, obviously, but. Gotta be better than something with square wheels, and then sure. um, they're square treads, which is cool looking, but also dorky looking. Right. And um, that would be kind of fun to see. But there's some stuff like they can't do, like you know, giving us like a plastic kit of beastmen, like imperial, basically imperial guard beastmen, like would be um, or proto imperial guard beastmen. It's probably not something you're going to do. So it's Brulians all the way. Sure. But like, um, I, I, I don't know. That's that's what I want to see. But, um, but I, I may be in a minority. If if you also let us know if you want to see that stuff too. Yeah, absolutely. Heresy, everything. Right and then I think you had a couple questions you wanted to uh, to address, right? Yeah, yeah. I got a question from my friend Christoph, and he did talk about like um, Primarchs and stuff. We're gonna save that for a future episode and discuss Primarchs. Um, let's see. Were we also going to discuss um, perpetuals as well, or are we saving that? Let's save that. I I, I got to go get dinner soon, so I don't have enough time for that. Right? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. So my buddy Christoph asks, uh, which Legion's origin is the best? That's a tough one. And um, yeah, it, it is. They all got really cool little little origins. Um, I do like the out. I mean. He's a giant Alpha Legion nerd, that heretic. Yeah. Also, also loyalist, and um, and like Alpha Legion does have a very cool origin as far as what we know of them, because there's two of them. There's two Primarchs, right? Like, yeah. And one of them might have been actually discovered before right. Horus. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or there. Yeah. Like it's like I don't even know. And uh, I mean, once again, I always love the Night Lord's origin because <laughs> it's Batman. Yeah. It's evil Batman. It's just, it's 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 Azrael Batman and nerds will know what I'm talking about. Yeah, sure. And it's Azrael Batman meets the Punisher, which is basically what Azrael Batman is. And um, Night Haunter, who yeah, I didn't even have name comrade curves for years. They just called him Night Haunter, right? Um, which is hysterical. Mom, I'm um, Night Haunter now. <laughs> yeah, my I have my name yeah. is Night Haunter. Yeah. Like okay, man. And then um, <laughs> it is the fact that they use all these like like. A mix of like the planets aristocrats. Uh, where are they from? Nostromo, even better. 
um, right. like you know, right, Nostromo, like um, at least they didn't say they were from uh, Acheron, right? Like um, yeah, like LV four twenty six, but like the the so like I just really enjoyed that the Night Lords, uh, like how how Night Haunter. Um, came to be and and how they collected everybody and it's like a collection of like aristocrats and like the worst people who have ever existed who are just crime like crime lord like drug cartels it's like, yeah. like drug cartels or legion right. that's the night lords um, and somehow they're very effective as well because the night lords might actually be the most humane legion that is a explain. bold statement and I, I, I okay. so you're, you're I'm gonna guess you're gonna say it's because they killed the fewest people, right? They do like one shocking thing, and then the That's planet would. Like, math. Mathematically speaking, uh, the salamanders will wipe out like 40 million people, right? Um, but they're the good guys, and then you got like the night lords will skin only like six families, and and put it on television or whatever, and broadcast that. And but they've only killed like maybe I'm, maybe 10 people. I, I'm willing to entertain that argument. Except for the Still fact horrible. that, like, they almost instantly just go off the deep end, right? Like, the mm -hmm. first time they hit, like, kind of a rough patch, they're like, well, what if we just skinned the whole planet? What if we just did the whole thing? This is yeah. doable. Yeah. Like, why, yeah. why stop yeah. there? This is fun, right? Like, like... The night... Well, yeah, I was gonna say, the Night Lords is like, it's like Platoon, the movie Platoon, where they're in the village, and they're like, let's just do them all. Except they're vampires. <laughs> so, like, imagine the movie Platoon starring vampires as the Americans, and you get an idea what the Night Lords are. Except they're like, yeah, they go right to they go right to eleven. They're like at four, maybe three, and then they're like, bam, eleven. So, um, yeah. So I mean, I, I will say maybe their initial thing is kind of starts out as like, okay, there there might be an argument there, but like, they're all clearly salivating to like just start murdering people and wearing faces. Yeah, they soup, they're like, super into it, like, like they can't wait. Like, and, and, you know, initially they're like, oh, we're doing this out of stoic necessity. We actually hate it. Well, I don't hate it. Do you hate it? Well, no, I mean, it's okay. You know, I don't I don't mind it. It's our... Well, actually, I kind of I like it. Yeah, you know how you say it? I kind of like it, too. Right? And, like... like yeah, when like, Jukari look we, at you and go, wow. What if we blew up our own planet? Yeah, what if we did that? <laughs> well, I know, the argument kind of falls apart, but... I like, do like to start, like, leading with that, so it's just kind of fun. All right, all right. I, <laughs> How about you? Um, like, I mean, that's, I, yeah. As far as origins, I think there's, there's, I actually really like the Dark Angels origins, and it's because, you know, they're, they're they're the first, before yeah. before um, the lion shows up, right, or they, they find him, you know, I kind of like the fact that, like, you know, they the Emperor, and they, he figures out the whole space brain thing with the Dark Angels, right? Like... You know the Dark Angels have whole companies that are basically whole shticks for like what other what other legions are eventually. Um, you know, and there's a lot of weird dark stuff like you know, did they have to, you know were the Dark Angels instrumental in killing all the Thunder Warriors? Almost certainly, right? So like I think that's just kind of interesting. Cause it's like you know the real deep dark secrets. And you know, I actually I have a small Dark Angels army I'm building, and I like the Dark Angels, but um, all of the secret stuff really falls flat for me about when it was in 40k when it's like the secret is that they're traitors like I don't care about that because like even in the Horus Heresy they're not really traitors until the end um, and yeah. it, technically until after the heresy actually is over right the, the, the siege of terror is over when it turns out that you know, everything goes to shit on uh, Caliban yeah with Luther and all yeah, that I actually think the secrets they have about like the early days of the Imperium is way more interesting and less likely to get a lot of coverage let's be, let's be think about it and imagine what like what weird stuff those guys are you know privy to 
um, that maybe the lion doesn't even know about, right? Like, you know, they didn't, the Emperor certainly didn't tell him everything he was up to before he showed up. Um, so I think that's kind of cool, is like, the Dark Angels as keepers of secrets, but not about the secret being them being, you know, half of them being heretics, the secrets of being like, what do they have on the Emperor? Right. Right, like, it's like, you know, like, yeah, like, uh, Thunder Warriors rip, man. Like, that's, like, what happened to Thunder Warriors is not cool. Right, and, that's like, a, who knows what else was going thing. on during, you know, the end of Unification, right? Because, like, that, the, the, the Dark Angels were around for all of that. And, you know, there was some, yeah. some terrible things happened on Earth at that point. You know, I think that's that's cool material to think about, and I, I think it's pretty fun. So that's my No, answer. I think it's totally fun. And, and also, to, to riff on your uh, Dark Angels choice, which I now I'm thinking, like, they do have the coolest origins, because they... The, the, the Dark Angels are, you know, like, Space Marines are Space Knights, right? Well, these guys have been basically doing Warhammer Fantasy Battle on their own planet. Like, that that's that's their... their they are the most Warhammer of the Space Marines. Like, they, they've they been fighting Chaos Monsters and in their, like, weird uh, Warhammer Arthurian setting of Caliban. Like, just doing their thing. And, um, and then they become... You know, inter, intergalactic, like, yeah. you know, space, space, they become space knights, and, and everything is kind of based on that. That's, um, I really like that. Yeah, that's cool stuff. stuff. I like those guys. Cool. And I think we had one more question you wanted to address before we wrap up this episode. Yes. Alex Lewis asks, what is the airspeed velocity of a servo skull carrying a coconut? All right. Well, this I happen to know the answer really, to that. This is the, uh, this is the part where we reveal this. Simon yeah. knows. Simon, if you would please yeah. explain. The uh, airspeed velocity of a coconut-laden servo skull is... This section of this podcast has been redacted by order of Inquisitor Spranger. Heresy shall not be tolerated. Let the galaxy burn! All right, All right, so so that was a really good answer, Simon. Thank you very much. Like now yeah, my we know. Pleasure, man. I'm surprised you to reveal that on like a podcast. Like you'd actually I mean, say that. Like Games Workshop might be really pissed. No, they're they're gonna love it. Yeah, you think so? You think so? They're gonna listen to Absolutely. this and be like, yeah, they're gonna be like, yo, nice mate, like or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening. That's uh, that's rip on episode two for us, I think. I think so. Um, that was a lot of fun. And in the future, yeah, we'll discuss the perpetual thing um, and uh, what, we, what we think on that, as well as uh, Primarchs, because we got to talk about Primarchs at some point. Yeah, we do. Yeah. It's unavoidable. But uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's, cool. So we will be, we'll be back in August to talk more about Legion's Imperialis and everything Horus Heresy. So thanks for listening. That's right. Thank you for listening. And if follow uh, Galaxy of Flames on facebook and that we can ask us questions that we want to we can address on our show and uh follow the blog Read our new blog yeah blog yeah <laughs> blog um cool. and uh yeah so thanks a lot for for tuning in and uh we're out